Hello and welcome to another episode of Shattered Lives, the Irish Daily Star and Irish Mirrors crime podcast. I'm Paul Healy, I'm crime correspondent for both papers, and I'm joined by Michael O'Toole, the crime and defence editor with both papers. Uh, this is the eighth day of the trial of Yosef Puska. He is accused of the murder of Ashling Murphy in Tullamore, County Offaly on the 12th of January 2022, and he has pleaded not guilty to that, to that charge. Today, the evidence dealt with the alleged confession by Mr. Puska, which happened in hospital in 2022. And we're going to hear about that evidence now from Michael. So, Michael, how was today? A very busy day today, Paul. It, it didn't finish until after four o'clock. I think it usually finishes around 3.45, doesn't it? Yeah, 3.45, four o'clock. Yeah, although um, one or two of the days it has ran, ran a bit later, yeah. So we had, you're, you're quite right, Paul. We had six witnesses today, all guardy. Three from Blanchestown Garda Station in West Dublin and three from, well, County Offaly. Two are from Burr Garda Station and one is from Tullamore, but they were all effectively part of the investigation into the killing and alleged murder of Eisling Murphy on the 12th of January in Cabancur, as you say, uh, in 2022. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to go through uh, each of the witnesses as we always do, but I think we propose to start with um, I suppose what you would call one of the main witnesses of the day in that his evidence was was the longest um, and there's quite a bit of material to go through and that witness was Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings. Yes, so you're quite right Paul. So he was witness number four but I think it's fair to say he was on the stand for the longest. So we heard that he is a Detective Sergeant in Burr Garda Station which is part of the Offaly District or the Leash Offaly Division I believe but it's not obviously, it's, it's separate from Tullamore Garda Station. But he did uh, confirm that he was part of the Icing Murder Investigation Team. Now, obviously it's alleged that Miss Murphy was murdered on the 12th of January, but Detective Sergeant Jennings said, told the court he wasn't involved from day one. He only became involved on the 13th, which I believe was a Thursday. So he wasn't involved in day one. Now he said he was tasked with a number of jobs. Initially, they mostly involved taking statements from witnesses. One interesting point, he just gave an insight into a typical investigation like this. He said there could be between 500 and 1,000 what he called jobs or tasks. So up to 1,000 different investigative jobs that has to be done. And obviously it's, it's, they're handled out to uh, different guardian and different units and that sort of thing. But he says that on the, on, the, on the 13th, he was tasked in the evening to go to St. James's Hospital in Dublin. Now we know that uh, on the 13th, Mr. Pusco was taken by ambulance from his parents' house in Crumlin. Early in the morning of the 13th, he was taken by ambulance from Crumlin to St. James's Hospital and he said that he had been stabbed. So um, uh, we know, and we'll talk later on, that three Guardi from Blanchardstown were in, in attendance with Mr. Pusca and as a result of that, uh, an inspector, who I'll hear more from in a while, called Shane McCartan, contacted Guardi in Tullamore as part of the murder investigation. And as a result of that, Detective Sergeant Jennings and his colleague, Detective Garda Fergus Hogan, who's also from Tullamore uh, Burr Garda Station, went to uh, St. James's Hospital on the night of the 13th. Now, they, uh, they got in about quarter past nine, had a chat with two Garda from Blanchestown, went into the hospital and Sergeant, Detective Sergeant Jennings said his purpose uh, was to see if he could speak to Mr. Puskett. Now, he had a conversation with the doctor but did not get to speak to uh, Mr. Puska and he told the court that he believed Mr. Puska was in theatre. So they left the hospital 
they went back to the hospital the next day. So that is the January the 14th, I think it was a Friday. And he told the court he arrived at approximately 11.40 in the morning. And he uh, was aware that Mr. Puska was now in a ward, uh, St. Bennett's ward, I believe. And he went there, he identified himself to uh, nurses, the, the, the nurses' station. And he asked if he could speak to Mr. Puska. He, t- he, to- he told the court that the staff were happy with that and a nurse brought him down to Mr. Puska's room. Now he walked in, it was room 22. There were, it was a six bed room or ward, shall we say, so a shared ward really. And uh, so there were three row, two rows of three beds, if you will. And Mr. Puska was in the middle bed of one of the rows, but he, was, he wasn't in bed, he was sitting in a chair beside the bed and he was awake. Now the first thing that... Uh, Sergeant Detective Sergeant Jennings said that he noticed were visible scratches on the hands, face and forehead of Mr. Puska. He then told Mr. Puska that they were investigating the murder of Ashley Murphy in Tullamore and he said there were, he was conversing, the, the witness said that Mr. Puska was conversing with him. He, he appeared to be okay but he did appear to be in pain and he said he was doing a bit of dry retching. The witness then said that he asked Mr. Puska if he was happy to speak to them after identifying. They both identified themselves as guardians, showed their official identification, and he told the court that Mr. Puska said he was. So he went to a nurse to get help with facilitating an interpreter. As we know, Mr. Puska is a Slovakian national. So they, they, he was taken out of his shared ward and wheeled, I think on the chair, into a, a separate office. And the sergeant rang for an interpreter in that office and put him on a speaker so that the, the Mr. Puska and the interpreter started talking to each other and saw Detective Sergeant Jennings took a note of that conversation. Now he timed it at 20 past 12 on the 14th of January. So he then, and it, it, it may have been a bit uh, pell-mell for anybody reading my notes because essentially what happened was Detective Sergeant Jennings then started reading his notes Quite rapid fire, as anybody reading no, notes uh, will say. So he essentially he read out notes in which Mr. Puska said that he went to his mother's house and that it had been very bad and that his mother lives in Crumlin and that he couldn't stand up. He was then asked how did he he, he said that he had gone from Tullamore to Crumlin uh, or to, to Dublin on the twelfth and he was asked who drove him and he said a friend called Tom. What car was it? It was a blue Octavia. And then he said, where are your clothes from the day? And he said he threw them all in a bin uh, uh, at his parents. He thinks they're in a bag. So the driver left him at Houston Station. And from there, he said that he got a taxi, which he paid for by cash, to Blanchardstown in West Dublin. He was asked why, and he said he was going on to, going to meet a girl. Um, he said, he was asked, does he have his phone? He said he doesn't have it either. It must have been stolen or must have been dropped. He said the girl that he was going to meet didn't know her second name. He thinks she was from Hungary and her name was possibly Marion. Um, and so at this stage, the, the, the sergeant inter- uh, gives a sort of commentary and he said that uh, he and de- Detective Garda Hogan were both asking questions and he is saying that Mr. Puska is freely speaking. The, inter- the interpreter struggled to keep up, keep up with him. In other words, he was speaking so quickly. He was fully awake, he was engaging and he was providing uh, information. He said, how did he contact this lady that he said was Marion? He said he found her uh, f- phone number in his phone at one stage and decided to meet up with her. He originally had his number, uh, her, her number at, on a 
piece of paper at home. He found it at home and saved it onto his phone. Did his, he was asked, did his wife know that he was going to Dublin? Yes, but did she know that he was going on a date? She said no. So then he talks about what happened in Blanchardstown when he alleged he was attacked. He got out of the car, he said it was about a kilometre from uh, the, the, the centre of, uh, of, of Bob Reagan, I suppose. Two guys attacked him. One grabbed him. The second fella took a knife and stabbed him and he may have lost consciousness. He said he then managed to escape and he got a taxi to Crumlin. He was asked, was there much blood on him? He said not much, maybe on his jumper, but he couldn't walk probably and he, and he was walking slowly. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Detective Sergeant Jennings noticed scratches on him and he, he put that, he said, how, do, how did you get the scratches? And Mr. Puska said they came during the attack when they dragged him. Now then, uh, Mr. Sar Detective Sergeant Jennings asked Mr. Puska, have you a bike? And he said, yes, it's green and black, but it was stolen from Mukla. We'll know that Mr. Puska has an address at Lillabee Grove in uh, Mukla. He was then asked, was he in Tullamore on a bike on Wednesday? So that's the 12th of January, the day that Miss Murphy was allegedly uh, murdered. Uh, and he said no. So the interview lasted about 40 minutes. Now, uh, he then, the interview ended, um, I think, uh, after that, we will hear that he, under cross-examination, he said he contacted Gardy at the incident room, the investigation base, at uh, Tullamore, and they were directed to stay at the hospital. So after 6pm, he and Detective Gardy Hogan stayed there till about 6pm when he was informed by phone call that another detective sergeant was on her way to the hospital uh, with a, a warrant. So that was, uh, it was, that was Detective Sergeant Pamela Nugent who is from Tullamore. Now she'll give evidence later. But essentially she arrived at about 25 past six. He met her, uh, brought her, and the, the, the warrant did say the warrant was for St. James's Hospital, but there was particular reference made on the warrant to Joseph Puska. So they wanted his clothing, his clothes and his phone. And she also said later in her own evidence that she got, she see, or she got uh, the warrant also allowed for a pre- treatment or pre-operation blood sample to be taken that had been taken from Mr. Puska so she got that as well. Yeah so they, they I understand Mick then that they, they met each other in the ward uh, sorry they met each other and they, they went they met they went then to the ward to meet Mr. Puska for what would be the second interview. Yes so uh, Sergeant Jennings met Sergeant Duncan in the reception area really or the, the lobby of the hospital and they went up to St. Bennett's ward again and the uh, Sergeant Nugent presented a uh, the warrant. Mr. Pusco was brought from the room, his ward again, into a private room this time. He was wheeled up in a bed into a single be uh, room and uh, Mr. Sergeant Nugent said she present or Sergeant Nugent presented Mr. Pusco with the warrant that had his name on it. And when they presented that warrant then uh, what, what was said next to Mr. Pusco? Well, uh, the the next thing at twenty five past six, they were in the, the two guardy were in the room, Detective Sergeant Jennings and Detective Sergeant Nugent, and she gave a true copy of the uh, warrant to sorry to Mister Puska, and they rang the they as you remember they rang an interpreter earlier, and Sergeant Jennings rang the same interpreter, and they went through the game basically. Uh, Detective Sergeant Nugent introduced herself and said they had a warrant to seize his clothes. Uh, and Sergeant Jennings explained the warrant in simple searches, uh, in simple terms to him, and seized his phone and clothing in another, in actually in the ward, and came back to take part in the interview. Okay. Okay. 
And when they engage in this interview, then uh, uh, from from reading your coverage of this, and and we we've heard a bit about this in the outset of the trial, that Mr. Puska. Uh, began to make a level of uh, admissions almost straight away, but it began with him asking, uh, was he a suspect in this case? Yeah, essentially what happened was uh, Detective Sergeant Nugent said, look, do you know anything? Did you hear about, we're investigating a murder in uh, Tullamore on Wednesday. Have you heard anything about it? And Mr. Pruska said he'd read about it in the news. So then uh, essentially they left straight in and uh, Mr. Pruska said, Am I a suspect? So then uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings said no. And he said, I said he was a person of interest. So after that, there was a pause and he started talking to the interpreter. So he's speaking Slovakian to the interpreter via the speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And in that, we, we then heard, as I said, we've heard from the outset of the trial that Mr. Puska allegedly said, through the interpreter, I did it, I murdered, I am the murderer. And then Detective Sergeant Jennings, what did he do after that? Well, he immediately cautioned him um, and the witness asked the interpreter, or I think he asked Mr. Pusco, was he admitting to murder? And Mr. Pusco said yes. And then Mr. Pusco said, I feel guilty and say that I regret it. And he said he was, quote, pleading guilty because he did not want anything to happen to his family. Now. Uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings said that while the interpreter and he were talking, or were, were, were talking, I suppose, he was writing down Mr. Puska's comments. So he wrote down the, the comments and on an A4 pad, he said, and invited Mr. Puska to sign it. He also offered him a solicitor. Mr. Puska said he would take one, but he didn't know one. So then, uh, as I said, he offered him the, the, the statement to sign. And he said, he took the pen out of my hand out of my hand, and signed it. And at that stage, again, Detective Sergeant Jennings reminded him that he was under caution. Okay, and just in relation to, to what he was saying, Mr. Puska was saying that he was concerned for his own family. And then he mentioned the family of Ashling Murphy, is that right? And that he thought uh, that, it, that they would in some way harm him. Yes. So uh, just th- seconds before that, he, uh, Mr. Puska through the interpreter, is alleged to have said when he committed the murder, he didn't do it intentionally. But then he said that he was concerned the family of the girl, his words, would harm his family. But Sergeant Jennings told him uh, that Aisling's family was a good family and would not harm him. And uh, he said that Mr. Puska reiterated how sorry he was and he didn't do it intentionally. And again, the sergeant reminded him that he was under caution. But Puska also said, according to the sergeant, that expressed concern. He wanted to know would his name and his address be published. Um, and, and the guard obviously was asked about Mr. Puska's demeanour at this point in time. And I, I think he said that he, at one stage, he can recall that Mr. Puska was upset. Yeah, he said he was upset and he was crying. Now, immediately after that, Sergeant Jennings said he left the room to call tolly, colleagues in Tullamore, which is the, as I say, the investigation based. Um, and uh, the guardy started getting the process of getting Mr. Puska a solicitor. And he said officers from Kilmainham, which would be the nearest guard station to St. James's, started doing that. Uh, and Sergeant Jennings went back into the room uh, with uh, Sergeant Nugent and Garda Hogan was in there as well. Uh, he uh, and Sergeant Jennings essentially 
when he was speaking to Tullamore Gardy, he was instructed not to have any more dealings with Mr. Puska. So he, he went back in, got Garda Hogan out, and there was a Garda placed outside the door. Okay, was it explained in court? I might be putting you on the spot here now, but as to why he was told not to have another engagement. No, that wasn't it. Um, I'll just j- jump slightly forward. P- uh, Pamela Nugent, uh, as we said, was also involved in this, and she also rang Tullamore Garda Station, spoke to senior officers, and she said, look, after this admission, she'd be arresting. And the, the, the response from a senior investigator was, don't arrest him and don't ask any more questions. Okay, and then there was cross-examination from Michael Bowman um, where he just asked kind of general basic details first. Um, was there anything that, uh, that Mr. Bowman just asked the witness that, that was of interest? Look, he was really asking him things like, for example, when he was talking to Mr. Puska, did you say words, something along the lines of, because he phrased it twice in, in different ways, is there anything you can tell us or is there anything you want to tell us about the murder uh, in Tullamore? And uh, Sergeant Jennings repeatedly said that he didn't say that. He basically said, we're investigating a murder in Tullamore. Have you heard about it? But he, he, he repeatedly said that he didn't say, do you want to tell us about it or is there anything you want to, you, you would like to talk to about? But he did also say one point of interest, you'll know and listeners will know that previously another man was arrested uh, and released without charge and is completely, uh, is released without charge um, on the, the night of the 13th. So that was around the same time that they were driving back from St. James's to Tullamore and he said he heard about that and he said he thinks it was about 11 o'clock and he thinks it was on the news and that's how he heard it. Okay. I, I, Mr. Bowman told uh, the witness that, that Gardy had been called to the hospital to, as he said, see what the suspect looks like uh, and, and uh, that, that that was, he understands the reason why he was dispatched to the hospital in the first place. Well, yeah, and he said he's not aware of the other officer's notes, but he did say, I took it as the reason I was being ta- dispatched to the hospital was to take a look at this man and to speak to him. He said he does not re- re- recall being asked to look, but it was a natural thing to do. Uh, he said he was not specifically asked to look and, you know, see what Mr. Puska looked like, he said. And the other point was he was asked, um, uh, just what Mr. Bowman said, that you call him a person of interest, but to other, another senior officer's note says the word suspect. And he says, no, not to me. He was a, it was a person of interest. So yeah, so the next witness then was Detective Sergeant Pamela Nugent, uh, who also attended the hospital, and we, we heard mention of her, but she was then next to the stand and she gave her evidence about what she witnessed in the hospital um, with Mr. Puska. Yes, so she uh, appeared, she wasn't there for the, the morning interview, uh, as I said, she went to the court to get uh, a secure warrant to search the hospital, to seize items from the hospital in relation to Mr. Puska. So she got there at about 6.25 and she, she a lot of her evidence is is repeating what Detective Sergeant Jennings was said because they were both in the room when uh, it's alleged that Mr. Uh, Puskett made his uh, confession. But as I said, she did before uh, going in to Mr. Puskett or slightly after going into Mr. Puskett, she did show him the 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 warrant. But she did say that she went back to his ward, his public ward, and she retrieved property from his ward before going back to the room. So that was, as I said, a grey Nokia phone a yellow patient bag, a Santa bag that she said had clothes in it and a clear plastic wallet that had a Slovakian ID and a COVID, uh, a COVID cert on it. Now, uh, 
so they, she went back into the room and she gave the same version um, uh, of, of what happened. But then, now she wasn't taking notes at the time, but she says uh, she went downstairs, she had a, a, a spare bit of paper and took notes. But during the, the alleged confession, she says that Mr. Puska did start to cry a little and she was asking things like, as Detective Sergeant Jennings says, would his name and address get out? What is the girl's family like? So she essentially mirrored what um, uh, Doctor S- uh, Detective Sergeant Jennings was saying. And and she described the process to the court of, of that interview and just the pace of it. I think she described it as being a slow process and that she can actually recall um, there being a long pause when, when Mr. Puska was asked a particular thing. Yes, and that was an interesting point she said because so she was effectively... She wasn't, as I said, Detective Sergeant Jennings was writing down the notes, so she was sort of a, 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 an active bystander, shall we say. And she, so, so she was observing more, she wasn't having to write. And she did say that I could see him thinking and she was looking at, he was looking at me and then she, he was looking at Detective Sergeant Jennings and then looking at me. So you could see, now, uh, she was asked under cross-examination, did you think he was going to confess? She said, I, I didn't have any real thoughts as to what he was going to do. And then she said, my, my, my suspicion was, he was actually going to say, please leave the room. Okay. Um, and, and she, as you said, she, she kind of reiterated a lot of, of her colleague's story, Detective Gary Jennings' story about the crying and about the caution. Um, she says she left the room to contact Tullamore um, and she asked if, if Mr. Puska should be arrested. Um, and, and as we've said, she was told uh, no and not to ask any further questions. Is there anything more from that witness, or shall we move on? No, no. Let's move on to Detective Sarge, Detective Garda Hogan. Okay. So the next witness then uh, was Detective Garda Fergus Hogan. Yes. So he was with Detective Sergeant Jennings on the first night that they both went to St James's Hospital, and also on the fourteenth when they had the initial interview with uh, Mister Puska. Okay. But then this is where they sort of diverge. Uh, you will have heard that. Detective Sergeant Jennings and Detective Sergeant Nugent were in the room when it's alleged that Mr. Puska made his confession or admission. Uh, Garda Hogan, Detective Garda Hogan, wasn't there. He was outside. Detective Sergeant Jennings had directed him to stay outside. But then Sergeant Jennings called him at 1837. The, the interview started at 1825, so for 12 minutes he was outside. Then Detective Garda Jennings told him to come in. He came in and Detective Sergeant Jennings was was there with Detective Sergeant uh, Nugent and the interpreter was still on the phone. Very quickly, the interpreter, the, the call ended with the interpreter. Sergeant Jennings and Sergeant uh, Nugent both left the room and Garda, Detective Garda Hogan was left alone with Mr. Puska in the room. And then he's, he gives an account of what he says happened and what his notes say happened. Okay. And I have those quotes here. If you want me to read them out uh, from your yeah yeah, I will. I'll just make one point that at the very start, Detective Carter Hogan said that he didn't ask any questions mm-hmm. to Mister Puska. Mister Puska quotes, "He started speaking to me." Yes, and Mister Puska, he says, said to him, "I see girl I never see before. I have knife. I have use for chain, chain on bike. I tell her no, I won't hurt you." When she pass, I cut her neck. She panic, I panic. Uh, he then said that he asked Mr. Uh, Puska, sorry, he then said Mr. Puska said, 
And then it happened. And he asked the question, will I go for 10 years? And he responded to him saying, I can't answer that, Yosef. Yes. And that, is, that was basically the thrust. Uh, he said shortly after that, Detective Sergeant Jennings came back in. He told him, we're leaving. So, but he got a hoping, did stress about Mr. Puska. He volunteered all this to me. I did not ask any questions. And he did say that he wrote down the, the comments as best he could. But he did say of Mr. Puska, he was upset. He was crying. His English was enough so that I could understand. And then just, I suppose, briefly, just earlier in the day, uh, the first witness of the day was Garda Connor Newman. And we, we did hear about Connor Newman uh, yesterday, just in relation to his colleague who had attended uh, the um, the hospital to, to meet with Mr. Puska. And this was all in relation to the alleged stabbing in Blanchardstown Shopping Centre. And Garda Newman uh, was involved in attending the hospital on that night of the 13th as well. And he thought he had been the victim of that stabbing, is that right? And he was actually the Garda who organised for the translator over the phone uh, so they could speak to Mr. Puska that evening. Yes. So, uh, and he told him that, that he'd gone to Blanchetown to meet a girl. We've been through, through that. And uh, Garda Newman asked him where in Blanche. And he said, it's about one kilometre from the centre in a field near a, 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 an apartment block. And they weren't happy with his answers. He said that he thought that they were vague. Yes. So um, we were not really satisfied with his story. He said he said um, there were holes in it. Um, and while they were asking some questions, he said, as you say, they were vague. Um, he was asked, we, we, the witness asked, for example, who had brought him back from, or sorry, who brought him from Dublin to Tullamore on the, the day of the 12th. He said he winced, then the monitor went off and the interview ended. So he were not really satisfied with their story. There were holes in it. We had nothing to work off, really. So um, he met with Inspector Shane McCartan, and I think we might go through his evidence now. Yeah, so Shane McCartan, we heard brief mention of him as well yesterday, uh, and I think the information was relayed back to him when the two guardy left uh, the hospital, and then that they had actually, I, I think McCar Mr. McCartan, Inspector McCartan, was actually the one who we heard made the connection ultimately between what had happened in Tullamore <clears throat> and uh, Mr. Puska. Did we hear about that in the court today? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he actually was the, the senior officer. He was detective sergeant in Blanchetown at the time. He's now an, he told the court he's now an inspector, uniform inspector in the Dublin Regional Control Panel, uh, Control Unit, so when you get your 99 calls. But he said he, he tasked Garda Paul MacDonald and Garda Paul Newman to go to St. James's and talk to Mr. Puska. They reported back to him late in the afternoon of the 13th. He said, he assessed the information. I interacted with both Garda they briefed me in relation to the conversation. It was apparent that there was a, a dearth of real cogent information. And then he said he was aware of Mr. Puska's nationality and that he lived and he lived in Tullamore. And he says there were a lot, there was a lot of information, a lot of pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that just could not be put it, put together. So he, he, he was the guard who made the first connection between Mr. Puska then and what had happened in Tullamore. And obviously we know. We know what happened after that with all of the witnesses we've just heard from and the interviews they had then with Mr. Puska. Um, yeah, and he discussed it with his boss. Sorry, I just finished. He did discuss it with his boss, but then he came to the conclusion that the information he had from Garda, McDonald and Newman may be of assistance to the team in Tullamore. So he contacted Tullamore Garda Station at 6.40pm on the 13th of January. Okay, very interesting. Uh, it's all Garda witnesses today, but as you can see, 
hopefully you can see the or- why we did it in the order we did it. Um, but all of those witness- witnesses effectively tell the story of um, the interviews with Mr. Puska in the hospital and the central allegation by the prosecution that he made this confession to the murder of Ashling Murphy. Now, it's worth noting that he has pleaded not guilty to the murder of Miss Murphy. Uh, and so we, we, I'm sure we'll hear more evidence in relation to what Mr. Puska has to say about those interactions. Um, but for now, uh, that is the evidence as it was today. Is that right? That's it. Yeah, long day, but we're back again tomorrow, Paul. I think you're going to be in attendance. I will indeed. Thanks, Michael. Thanks very much. And thank you to Kieran Bradley, our producer. Thanks, Kieran. <laughs>